Chapter Seventeen of Timothy Crump's Ward by Horatio Alger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen. Jack obtains information. Jack set out with that lightness of heart and keen sense of enjoyment that seemed natural to a young man of eighteen on his first journey. Partly by cars, partly by boat, he traveled till in a few hours he was discharged with hundreds of others at the depot in philadelphia among the admonishments given to jack on leaving home one was predominantly in his mind to beware of imposition and to be as economical as possible accordingly he rejected all invitations to ride and strode along with his carpet-bag in hand though smoot to say he had very little idea whether he was steering in the right direction for his uncle's shop by dint of diligent and persevering inquiry he found it at length and walking in announced himself to the worthy baker as his nephew jack what are you jack exclaimed mr abel crump pausing in his labor well i never should have known you that's a fact bless me how you've grown why you're most as big as your father ain't you only a half an inch shorter returned jack complacently and you're let me see how old are you eighteen that is almost i shall be in two months well i'm glad to see you jack though i hadn't the least idea of your raining down so unexpectedly how's your father and mother and rachel and your adopted sister father and mother are pretty well answered jack and so is aunt rachel he added smiling though she ain't so cheerful as she might be poor rachel said abel smiling also all things look upside down to her i don't suppose she's wholly to blame for it folks differ constitutionally some are always looking on the bright side of things and others never can see but one side and that's the dark one you've hit it uncle said jack laughing aunt rachel always looks as if she was attending a funeral so she is my boy said abel crump gravely and a sad funeral it is i don't understand you uncle the funeral of her affections that's what i mean perhaps you mayn't know that rachel was in early life engaged to be married to a young man whom she ardently loved she was a different woman then from what she is now but her lover deserted her just before the wedding was to have come off and she's never got over the disappointment but that isn't what i was going to talk about you haven't told me about your adopted sister that's what i've come to philadelphia about said jack soberly ida has been carried off and i've been sent in search of her been carried off exclaimed his uncle in amazement i didn't know such things ever happened in this country what do you mean in answer to this question jack told the story of mrs hardwick's arrival with a letter from ida's mother conveying the request that the child might under the guidance of the messenger be allowed to pay her a visit to this and the subsequent details abel crump listened with earnest attention so you have reason to think the child is in philadelphia he said musingly 
yes said jack ida was seen in the cars coming here by a boy who knew her in new york ida repeated his uncle looking up suddenly yes you know that's my sister's name don't you yes i dare say i have known it but i have heard so little of your family lately that i had forgotten it it is rather a singular circumstance what is singular i will tell you said his uncle it may not amount to anything however a few days since a little girl came into my shop to buy a small amount of bread i was at once favorably impressed with her appearance she was neatly dressed and had a very sweet face what was her name inquired jack that i will tell you by and by having made the purchase she handed me in payment a silver dollar i'll keep that for my little girl thought i at once accordingly when i went home at night i just took the dollar out the till and gave it to her of course she was delighted with it and like a child wanted to spend it at once so her mother agreed to go out with her the next day well they selected some knick-knack or other but when they came to pay for it the dollar proved to be spurious spurious yes bad got up no doubt by a gang of coiners when they told me of this i thought to myself can it be that this little girl knew what she was about when she offered me that money i couldn't think it possible but decided to wait till she came again did she come again yes only day before yesterday this time she wanted some gingerbread so she said as i thought likely she offered me another dollar just like the other before letting her know that i had discovered the imposition i asked her one or two questions with the idea of finding out as much as possible about her when i told her the coin was a bad one she seemed very much surprised it might have been all acting but i didn't think so then i even felt pity for her and let her go on condition that she would bring me back a good dollar in place of the bad one the next day i suppose i was a fool for doing so but she looked so pretty and innocent that i couldn't make up my mind to speak or harshly to her but i'm afraid that i was deceived and that she is an artful character after all then she didn't come back with the good money said jack no i haven't seen her since and what's more i don't think it very likely she will venture into my shop at present what name did she give you asked jack haven't i told you it was the name that made me think of telling you it was ida hardwick ida hardwick exclaimed jack bounding from his chair somewhat to his uncle's alarm yes ida hardwick but that hasn't anything to do with your ida has it hasn't it though said jack why mrs hardwick was the woman that carried her away mrs hardwick her mother no not her mother she was or at least she said she was the woman that took care of ida before she was brought to us then you think that ida hardwick may be your missing sister that's what i don't know said jack if you would only describe her uncle abel i could tell better well said mr abel crump thoughtfully i should say this little girl might be eight or nine years old yes said jack nodding 
What color were her eyes? Blue. So are Ida's. A small mouth with a very sweet expression. Yes. And I believe her dress was a light one, with a blue ribbon about her waist. She also had a brown scarf about her neck, if I remember rightly. That is exactly the way Ida was dressed when she went away. I am sure it must be she. Perhaps, suggested his uncle, this woman, though calling herself Ida's nurse, was really her mother. No, it can't be, said Jack vehemently. What, that ugly, disagreeable woman, Ida's mother? I won't believe it. I should just as soon expect to see strawberries growing on a thorn bush. There isn't the least resemblance between them. You know I have not seen Mrs. Hardwick, so I cannot judge on that point. No great loss, said Jack. You wouldn't care much about seeing her again. She is a tall, gaunt, disagreeable-looking woman, while Ida is fair and sweet-looking. I didn't fancy this Mrs. Hardwick when I first set eyes on her. Aunt Rachel was right for once. What did she think? She took a dislike to her and declared that it was only a plot to get possession of Ida. But then that was what we expected of Aunt Rachel. Still, it seems difficult to imagine any satisfactory motive on the part of this woman, supposing she is not Ida's mother. Mother or not, returned Jack, she's got possession of Ida, and from all that you say, she is not the best person to bring her up. I am determined to rescue Ida from this she-dragon. Will you help me, Uncle? You may count upon me, Jack, for all I can do. Then, said Jack with energy, we shall succeed. I am sure of it. Where there's a will, there's a way, you know. End of chapter 17